Hey guys, Andrea Gazetta here. I just wanted to take a moment real quick to thank every single person who bought my book, Stratosphere. Uh, it came out amazing. I'm so happy with it. It looks so beautiful and it was so nice to read all of the kind messages that you sent about my artwork. Um, I'm so glad that inspired so many of you to continue to make art, to try making art for the first time, to keep going with the art you've been making forever, but that you're starting to doubt yourself about. I love hearing other people's artistic journeys. I love hearing about other people continuing to make art. And it was just a really beautiful and healing experience to feel connected to you. So thank you so much for that. Um, as of right now, Every single person should have either a book in their hands or a shipping notification in their inbox. All of the books have gone out, so you should be getting yours very soon if you have not already. And yeah, thank you again so much for your support. It literally means everything to me. I literally could not do this without your support. So yeah, that was awesome. Thank you. Um, Extra fun little announcement. As of right now, starting today, I'm going to just be doing a long, chill holiday sale. Everything in my shop at andreagazetta.com slash shop is 20% off. So that includes originals. That includes Giclee prints and limited edition Giclee prints. Literally everything apart from a custom order is going to be 20% off right now. And my reasoning behind that is just that I am just one person and I it is a lot of work to fulfill those orders. So instead of doing like a short little holiday sale from today until Cyber Monday, you have a bunch of time to get your orders in. I have a bunch of time to get those shipped and packed. And that means even if you live internationally, there's a pretty solid chance that I'm going to be able to get you your order by Christmas. So if you did want to get something for someone else for Christmas as a gift, now is a great time. Literally everything is 20% off. And I actually am dropping two new limited edition prints today. So you can go check those out. Um, they're pretty sweet. And thank you guys again so much for continuing to, I don't know, give a crap about me. It's pretty cool. Um, I miss you so much and I love you and I'm leaving. Okay, bye. Oh, yeah, and uh, listen to my podcast, Podvant Guard. It's a comedy art history podcast, and it's really fun with Katrina Davis and Jordan Lee Williams. Uh, okay, anyway, I'm leaving for real now. I love you guys so much. Okay, I love you. Bye. Well, my name's Armando, and I'm here to say I'm here to do the cult podcast today. My name is Paige, and I'm too white for this. <laughs> and this week we're featuring... Peas and mayonnaise. <laughs> and that'll come into play in just a bit. Uh, that's right, everybody. We're covering the man, the myth, the anti-Semite, Kanye West. In an overtly uh, sexual way. No, I'm kidding. We're, absolutely. That'll make sense later. <laughs> <laughs> we, uh, we have gotten a lot of requests for this, so I wanted to start it off simple with covering his childhood. And uh, yeah, we'll get into uh sort of the story and how it breaks down later but just wanted to stop by and say hey if you want to support the show you can go to patreon.com slash cult podcast um and also uh go listen to horror virgin and romancing the pod which is a podcast that pages on every single week um and go watch trucked up a show that's on rooster teeth that is very good and that's about it. So without any further ado, let's hop into the show. 
I'm really, really excited to see what the Ronald Reagan of the fashion industry has to say. <laughs> and with that, hello. 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 I tried to make it sound auto-tuned, but that was bad. <laughs> For the purposes of this podcast, we define a cult as organizations that rally behind an entity or leader who espouse beliefs outside the norm. Organizations that require physical or monetary sacrifice as a condition of membership. Organizations in which the doctrines followed by the leaders are different than that of the followers. Organizations in which isolation is encouraged either by commune living or by a policy of disconnection from outside relationships. And organizations that actively recruit new members. All cults might have some or all of these traits, and as always... These are our opinions. Thank you for tuning into Cult Podcast. I'm Paige Wesley. And I'm Armando Arezi Torres. And with us, we have Meat Nightmares, <laughs> which you texted me about mid Lizzo concert last night. Yeah, yeah. You and about everyone that I know went to a Lizzo concert last night or this weekend. Uh, mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. basically what happened is when I was in Austin, Texas, I had the best pastrami sandwich of my life. Oh, my God. Yes. Yeah. And uh, I felt bad that i had the best pastrami sandwich of my life in austin because Texas. the search was over oh because it was in austin okay. yeah because it was in austin so i have been dedicated to trying to find one in los angeles which means that like every three I days i can help you bro well i would love that but every three days i've been eating a pastrami sandwich which is not good for the body or the <laughs> the spirit but good for the soul no, so you know entirely. there's that yes yeah, yeah, yes yeah. yes yes uh, yesterday night, I <laughs> ate a pastrami sandwich from a place called Johnny Pastrami's in... Uh, uh, West Adams or yep, Culver City? West Adams. Oh, see, that would have been the one I recommended because that's one of my favorites. Well, Paige, it was so good. It was yeah. one of my favorite pastrami sandwiches I've ever had in my entire life. Yep. I had the half sandwich and a full plate of fries. And then I immediately fell asleep and had the most vivid nightmare of my entire life of uh, a thing that's been happening lately that I've realized has only happened on days that I've had pastrami sandwiches, <laughs> which means that I have been having meat nightmares. Like hangover dread, but meat. Uh, now, question. Did you get the thick cut pastrami on rye, on oh, marbled rye? Baby, you know I did. Yes. Okay, thank you. That is the thing to get at Johnny Pastrami in West yeah. Adams. Yeah, it was absolutely phenomenal, but I think I have to... I think I've had so much pastrami sandwich in the recent last couple of weeks that I need to go vegetarian to, like, balance it out. Like, not just for my body, but for the environment. Like, for Earth, I feel like. I think I need to go to Johnny Pastrami later. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> it's <laughs> like just I like every once in a while I like remember what that sandwich is like and I'm just like, "Oh, fuck yes." They also have they have burnt ends, like burnt pastrami ends. Yep. Oh. Yeah. Oh. So good. This all started <laughs> This all started a couple weeks ago when uh, I saw a tweet from rapper Vince Staples that was like, "Damn, Jews really snapped when they invented pastrami." <laughs> <laughs> I haven't been, I, that's like I'm paraphrasing, but that's that was the essence of what he said. Which, uh, he, I mean, he also said to be fair, he also said a bunch of terrible stuff about bagels. 
and was like, what? I'd rather die before I eat a bagel, which is what? like, it's Bagels a little intense, my guy. Or maybe oh it was God. cream cheese. I can't remember. I the, also love cream cheese. Yeah, and they go well together. But that's what that's what that's that's what's inspired me to start eating pastrami sandwiches. And I think I've like, I think I ate so much pastrami. I think I've had so much pastrami sandwiches that I've ruined the pH balance of my body, and now it is rebelling <laughs> just with against the amount me. of sodium. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> um, I just want you to imagine though a marbled rye bagel mm. with. With pastrami, like thick cut pastrami on it. Yeah, I'm gonna die. I'm gonna die this year. We need to go to New York, Armando. Absolutely. I bet they have amazing pastrami. <laughs> they absolutely do. Um, but speaking of rappers who have had interesting takes on the Jews lately, uh, there have been a lot. It was a lot of people deciding to throw their two cents in on something that I figured we were all on the same page about, but apparently not. Yeah. Yeah, it's um, it's been a very uh weird couple of, I guess years for fans of yes. Kanye West. Um, today we're gonna cover another unconventional and very controversial leader, which we have done many times before. And this story doesn't have any official members. There isn't like a big tragic ending. And honestly, you can make the argument that there isn't an actual cult to be covered, but. If you say any of those things, I'd invite you to check my fucking DMs, bro, and tell... I want you to tell all these people that we shouldn't talk about Kanye West because it has been almost daily at this point. This is the most requested cult ever. Yeah. In his, more than Jonestown, <laughs> which is crazy. I was just going to say, it's like surpassed Jonestown in the level of people telling us like, you got to cover Kanye West. You got to cover Kanye West. And it's like, all right, here's the thing. While he might not have like started his own religion, there's no doubt that Kanye has created like a, a cult of personality. I mean, he hosts his own Sunday services that mix Christianity with the... I want to say narcissism. Uh, yeah, I want to say teachings, <laughs> but I might just say ramblings of his mother. Uh, yes, mm -hmm. he's built two compounds in Wyoming, um, mm -hmm. and you literally cannot Google the Donda Academy without seeing the word cult thrown around in the article somewhere. Well, and I think part of that is so. Like, I don't know if you remember five six years ago, uh, Will Smith and Will and Jada. Uh, donated to a similar kind of school that was linked to Scientology and everyone flipped the fuck out and then that school closed in short order because like here's the thing about schools that don't have a lot of basis or support outside of just we're going to teach this thing and this is a crazy idea it's hard to keep them open. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. And I think people compared the Donda Academy to that. And that 100% is linked to a full-blown cult. So I think people saw them in the same light. But also, I'm excited to hear what they were planning on teaching at this school. Oh, we will absolutely get into the Donda Academy because it is 100% some cult shit and not a real school at all, by the not way. Not at all. Yeah, for sure. 0% a real school. So today we are covering the life and beliefs of Kanye West, a man who has repeatedly and publicly compared himself to and straight up called himself a god. 
Um, here's a fun fact for you, Paige. I've actually, I found a list of every person that Kanye has compared himself to. Oh, I cannot fucking wait. Yes. And, uh, if I'm being completely honest with you, this is not an exaggeration. If we just went through the full list, that would be an episode. It would just be, <laughs> it's one, because it's so long and two, because they are wilder than you could possibly imagine. Wait. Can I guess some and see if they're on the list? You <laughs> you got three guesses. Hit me with them. Three guesses. Einstein. Yes. Da Vinci. Yes. Michelangelo. All three yeses. <laughs> right uh, off the okay, bat. wait. Let me let me keep going. Let me keep going. Let me keep going. Uh, Steve Jobs. Yes. Um, Elon Musk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fuck yes. I'm fucking nailing this shit, bro. I honestly think it would be easier to guess who he has not compared himself to. Okay, let me see if I can guess some people who are not on the list. Robert Downey Jr. Surprisingly, not on the list. All right, Christopher Dorner. Oh, hold on. Wait up a second. Christopher Dorner, not on the list. Uh, (laughs) Robert Downey Jr. on the list. I was wrong. (laughs) I had Wait, as Iron Man or just Robert Downey Jr.? Both. <laughs> um, Jim Jones, because I would imagine oh. that he would not want to compare himself to Jim Jones, even though probably has more in common with him than no, he would like to admit. No, unfortunately not. And, and here's the thing. Again, if we do this for the entire episode, it would fill up an hour. <laughs> So I'm just going to tell you that, like, obviously, yeah. there's the there's the people that you would expect. There's God. There's Jesus. Uh, Socrates is on there's there. There's fictional people, I would imagine, as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's Shakespeare, Malcolm X, uh, Obama, and, of course, Walt Disney, which is not uh-huh. hard to believe after he's, sure. uh, you know, told us how he felt about the yeah, Jews. Yeah, after, after we heard his thoughts, yeah, uh-huh. Mm-hmm. But then there's some people that you wouldn't expect on that list, uh, <laughs> including Adolf Hitler, uh, what? No. Donald Trump. Tom. That doesn't surprise me at all. Tom Cruise. Really? Okay. George Foreman. The um. <laughs> yes. Is, is it? Was he? <laughs> I have to know if he was wearing grills at the time. <laughs> he might have been. What's interesting is he's referenced himself as George Foreman twice. Once uh, as uh, you know, just being like the best at his craft. But then the other one for wearing grills. So <laughs> he kind of hit both. Just kind of hit both of them. Because here's the thing, and and controversial stance. George Foreman, not a bad marketing brain. No, to be honest with you, weird. Definitely weird. Super strange to name all your kids the same name. But that's happened multiple times on this show. So, like, clearly he's not the only one. But I tell you what, people refer to those, like, types of appliances as George Foreman grills now, whether they are a George Foreman grill or not. Like, he made a KitchenAid, basically. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, You've also got got Ray Romano. (laughs) (laughs) Donda. <laughs> uh, and of course, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. 
Because he's leading the way? Yes, exactly. Or because they would... Okay, all right. Or because they wouldn't let him play in the reindeer games. Um, <laughs> it's a mix of both. It's it's meant to represent the fact that uh, other rappers uh, don't treat him with the same respect they give like gangster rappers, but then also uh, because he's leading the way to the future of hip hop. Um, but I also want to give you my personal favorite. He has compared himself to Vanellope Von Schweetz, which is Sarah Silverman's character in Wreck-It Ralph. What? And I actually have the full quote here. Quote, have y'all seen Wreck-It Ralph? You remember that girl in there? She was the glitch. You're telling me that they don't look at me like the motherfucking glitch? You're telling me people don't look at Kanye West like the glitch right now? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. This is like when, okay, you are perhaps too young to have had this real life experience, but allow me to lay it out for you. As you get older, your friends get married and have children and they watch more children's TV than grown up TV. Uh So you'll end up hanging out at their house and being like, yeah, on Breaking Bad, it was cool. And they're like, have you seen what happened on Bluey this week? And you're like, (laughs) what the fuck is Bluey? And then they're like, now we have to watch a bunch of episodes. And then then now you as a grown up are like, hey, you know what? Bluey kind of fun, honestly. Like, I know they're only eight minutes long, but like the structure is pretty cool. Anyway, th- that is what that sounds like. Is somebody who's like, so I was watching Wreck-It Ralph with my kids for the 54th time <laughs> this week. And you know what? It broke the matrix in my brain. Like, that, that's what that is. You are absolutely correct. And I just want to point out that I'm at a point in my life where, like, they don't need to explain to me these shows. They're like, oh, have you watched this weird children's show? And I'm like, yeah, repeatedly. Well, hi. Honestly. <laughs> Have you seen Bluey? (laughs) Have you seen the episode where they pretend to be old ladies? That's the best one. Yes, dude. I watch the dumbest shit. I'm a child. I'm a child (laughs) that pays rent. That's what I am. Um, I was at the mall earlier today uh, because Yiddy was having a 40% off sale and I am predictable. Uh, And I walked past a whole display of Naruto t-shirts and I was like, what if I just told everyone this Christmas I was getting super into Naruto and just saw what happened? And I'm not going to do it. But for a hot second, I was like, it would be it would be kind of mean because people would waste their money on things I would not actually want. But opening a whole Christmas worth of Naruto stuff would make me laugh a lot. I think it would be even better if. okay. so imagine this. You're spending uh, Christmas with your family. I'm assuming you're all opening up gifts. Everyone gets you exactly what you want. And you're like, oh, my God, this is so great. This is awesome. But then there's one extra gift under there. And who's it from? It's from Armando. You open it up. (laughs) Naruto tea. And you just start going, oh, fuck. Yeah, dude. Fuck. Yeah. And then it's like they still get to feel like, oh, I gave her something that she wanted. But then they're like, what the when the fuck did Paige get so into Naruto? And then I put the shirt on and I Naruto run throughout the entire house. Yeah. (laughs) You start running with your arms arms out back and you go, I'm going to be the first at the lunch line. (laughs) Oh, my God. So before we get into our episode, (laughs) we've got some sources that I want to go through. Um, First and foremost. We have an article from the Daily Mail uh, by Andy Tillett. Now, the Daily Mail is trash. It's a garbage, garbage uh, source. But all of the things that I'm using from that article are direct quotes that they had listed in this article. Um, We also... Like, I'm the Ray Romano of the clothing industry. (laughs) What does that even mean? We have uh, a YouTube video on Kanye's early life uh, by the YouTube channel before they were famous. Again, it's mostly just using it because they did a great job of like 
listing out a bunch of quotes from people and Kanye himself. Uh, we have a biography on Kanye West written by Audrey Boris and Douglas Lynn. Um, we we have multiple tweets and interview quotes from Kanye himself. Uh, mm-hmm. And then these last two are really just some of the best sources for what I would call like extra bits, if that makes sense, like mm-hmm. like colorful additions to the story. Because like I was able to map everything out, but this was so telling in so many extra ways. Uh, the first one is a book called Raising Kanye by Dr. Donda West. Wait, she's a doctor? Oh, yeah, baby. She is. Wait, like an, an actual doctor or one of them self-proclaimed doctors? An actual doctor. And here's okay, the thing okay. about Donda, and we will get into her, is that Donda West is awesome. She rocks uh, so much. And she is like, uh, she did so much good for Chicago, and she is an incredible person. Um, but I question some of the choices she made as a parent is that is, that is like the best way to sum it up. And again, we're about to get all into it. Uh, the second people are multifaceted. That happens. Absolutely. The second, the second great source is a a Netflix documentary called genius spelled J E E N dash Y U H S, uh, which is a documentary that a comedian named Cootie made, um, by following Kanye around with a camera uh, for years of his life. And it is absolutely invaluable with trying to find these like extra colorful pieces of information. Uh, so let us hop into it. I'm ready. I'm ready to hear about the Tom Cruise of the shoe industry. <laughs> <laughs> Kanye Omari West was born on June 8th, 1977 in Douglasville, Georgia, a small suburb just a few miles outside of Atlanta. His parents, Ray and Donda West, were both highly educated, highly motivated, and highly opposed to having children. (laughs) Oh, hey, you know what? That happens sometimes. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, The couple had only met about five years earlier while they were working for the public relations department at Spelman College in Atlanta. Donda Donda was working there as an assistant uh, and uh, an assistant to like the head of the public relations department, by the way. That's a huge deal. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And she was working there while studying for her master's degree. And Ray was hired on as a freelance photographer. The two had a lot in common, but one of their main shared passions was activism. And while that might sound like the first line in every Tinder profile today, uh, I want you to remember that these two were outspoken black activists who grew up in the South in the 50s. Yeah. When she was about nine years old, Donda participated in the Cats Drugstore sit-in, which was one of the first sit-ins of the civil rights movement. For three days, she sat with 12 other students inside of a segregated restaurant as white people kicked, punched, and spat on them. And on the third day of that sit-in, their goal was accomplished. Katz was no longer segregated. Kanye's father, Ray West, was a former member of the Black Panther Party and the first black photojournalist for the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Even before his son rose to fame, Ray West was well-known as a photographer and had even taken portraits for notable figures like President Ronald Reagan and Maya Angelou. Damn! Question about that uh, sit-in. 
it was a segregated restaurant. Mm-hmm. Was it a Jewish restaurant? I don't believe so. I was just asking because of the name. Because cats, we have a number of cats oh, yeah. here that are, are Jewish. Okay. I know that this was in, in, uh, in her home state of Oklahoma, but I don't know much about that. I also, knowing... <laughs> american racism i don't think that people were too stoked on the jews either at the time that's true that's true so fighting for equality wasn't just his parents thing either donda's father which is kanye's grandfather was uh a well-known civil rights activist in his home state of oklahoma uh in fact he was the one who helped organize and drive those 13 students to the cat's drugstore sit-in and two of Donda's sisters, who were Kanye's aunts, were the first two black performers shown on local television in Oklahoma City. Uh, wow. And I've got two points to make here. The first point is that I think Kanye's family would probably be disgusted to see him go on to sell White Lives Matter t-shirts and support people like Donald oh, Trump. Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, absolutely. I think, I, and I know we'll get into this later, I think there are a lot of other factors that go into that but yeah yeah and my second point is that ray and donda had a lot going on and a lot that they were focusing on that wasn't necessarily like uh, a life with children and raising children right after they met it didn't take long for them to start dating and just three months into their relationship the couple drove to oklahoma to be married (laughs) oh wow okay although i mean that's gonna sound terrible back in the day that was a lot more normal yeah i mean they in in her memoir she kind of mentions that like this relationship was not a normal relationship like everything we did was unconventional she also talks about the wedding about like how they got married and then they drove back to her parents house for a big country breakfast of like biscuits and gravy that sounds awesome (laughs) yeah honestly it rocks like i know it sounds unconventional but the only problem i have is i don't think you should marry somebody three months into knowing them no yeah i would agree with you i think that's that's not a great idea like 99.999 percent of the time (laughs) yeah uh donda passionately pursued her career in education while her husband made a name for himself as a photographer and by their own account they were so career oriented that they never intended to have children in fact their dream was to just travel around the country and she said in her memoir that the worst phrase they could possibly think of was the word babysitter like having to arrange mm. for somebody to watch their child as they go out and live their lives but three years into their marriage everything changed according to donda she was suddenly gripped by an overwhelming desire to have a child and that kind of makes sense because like i did the math she would have been 27 at that time uh and that biological clock is a real son of a bitch it does happen uh to some people to some people it doesn't but i mean yeah hormones man yeah what are you gonna do i've we'll kind of get into a little bit i i guess this is all i'll say is that like heading into the speculation zone for one quick second um I all we have to go off of here is the timeline and Donda's own words. And as you'll kind of learn, she likes to sort of play up certain aspects of the West family story. Uh, And I am unsure if this was like 
straight up she was just like oh i want to have a child or like maybe they had a child and then things changed but i also i don't have a lot of reasons to doubt her i guess if that makes sense yeah um anyway you'll sort of see what the reason that i'm bringing this up here in a second uh from the moment that kanye was born donda knew that her child was going to be somebody important in her own words quote I had made a decision never to have children, but my body and spirit had other plans. I think it was God selecting me right then to have the child who would become Kanye West. Holy shit. That's a crazy sentence. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that is madness. Now, here's the thing. When people go on to do extraordinary things in life... I think some people like to romanticize their birth because the idea that anyone can be anyone who kind of starts out as just a normal person can go on to be so notable is kind of unfathomable. People always kind of assume that something special had to be in the air. But like, I don't know. I just saw Elton John this week, too. And so I'm like, (laughs) that was the first one my brain went to where it's like he was born Reginald Dwight in a poor part of England. So like. No one would have known until later. Like, sometimes you just don't know. You don't know what people will become. And it's kind of weird to me to romanticize, like, you know, it was destiny. <laughs> yeah. And that's that's kind of why I, like, I don't necessarily doubt her when she says that, like, she wanted to, like, she wanted to have a kid and then they started trying to have a kid. Because even her story is a little sad, which, again, we'll get into in a second. But she did talk about, like, when she was trying to have a kid, she, like completely stopped doing everything like she stopped this is before she was pregnant even she stopped drinking she stopped Mm -hmm. smoking marijuana uh she said that she had was the healthiest in her entire life before and during her pregnancy with kanye um which a lot of people do absolutely but she also talks a lot about praying to get pregnant and not only praying for a healthy baby but praying for a baby with brilliance uh like that's Mm. the actual quote so she she i think she attributes a lot of Kanye's success to like God gifting her with this magical son. Um, well, and she's definitely making a parallel to Jesus Christ. Oh, like, yeah. Oh, yeah. A hundred percent. This idea of like, <laughs> this was not planned, and but then all of a sudden it is what's going to happen. And then this person is extraordinary, bound for extraordinary things. But it, it is kind of rewriting history in a way and here's the thing you know 27 people change the things that they want over time and it's okay to do that and we should normalize that there are some people who will never want children there are some people who started out not wanting them and then decide that they do because their situation changes or whatever i think that's a way more understandable explanation of just like I got older and I kind of decided I do want kids. Yeah, exactly. But to make it a weird magical thing is is strange I, to me. I think you're right. I think I think Donda West was like, I don't want kids. And then she like, I mean, because again, when she would have made that decision, they would have been like 23, 24. And then right. 27, 28 is when she's like, yeah, maybe I do want kids, which I know that's only like a four four year ish difference but that's like during that time period i mean like i'm 20 that's a formative four years yeah i'm 20 fucking six if you would have asked me what i wanted when i was 24 i would it would completely di- uh, uh uh when i was 24 i was like i want to be the most famous actor in the world when i'm 26 i want the best pastrami sandwich that's it that's that's all that honestly, i care though, about honestly 
am I going to drive to John's <laughs> But you're right. Yeah. I think Donda changed her mind and uh, decided that she wanted to have a child. But you know who didn't change his mind was Ray West. <laughs> Ooh, I saw that coming a mile away. Yeah. In Donda's own words, I mean, I'm, I'm paraphrasing here, but this is basically what she said. Uh, in her words, her husband basically knocked her up so that she would leave him alone about asking about having a kid. Oh, yikes. I mean, here's the thing. It's like, just as people change their mind over time, some people will never want children. And that's like, that's a conversation you should have of like, I think I really want this. You don't really want this. Maybe we don't continue. Like, that's a real Absolutely. discussion people have to have. Uh, and I I feel badly whenever I hear about someone who's like, I don't want kids. I definitively don't want kids. And then their partner's like, I decided I did. And then they're like, uh, what do I do now? Like, because that's tricky. Because if you leave, everyone's like, what an asshole. But it's like, well, you know, it, you didn't want this, really. And it's your life, too, a little bit. So, like, yeah. 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 And in, in her memoir, she kind of talks about, like, again, this is romanticizing the past, sort of changing the narrative. But she talks about how, like, when talking to Ray, I realized that it wasn't that he didn't want to become a father. It's just that... uh he he didn't feel like he would be a good father and then you like hear the account from ray ray west and he's just like nah, i never wanted kids never wanted them never did uh so you know That's thanks yeah they had wildly different views on parenthood and even like the importance of their new child kanye omari west for example donda picked her son's name because in swahili kanye means the only one. Oh, jeez oh yeah baby <laughs> she's not messing around no she is not oh yeah i i should have gave you more warning on that one yeah kanye means the only one and omari translates to god the highest Ooh. i mean here's the thing people name their kids jesus all the time uh, <laughs> yeah. like that oh yeah go come to one of my family reunions and i will prove you uh very correct there's not i mean that in itself the name by itself is not weird to me it's the name with everything else it's the whole yes. basket of uh like it's it's almost like she's building a narcissist robot like how what is the the cake mix for narcissism is this i think <laughs> oh yeah absolutely and like I, I i'll try to add it in when i can but like the stuff that she teaches kanye is fucking crazy and also this is the narrative that like kanye grew up hearing from his own mother right like, this of course. is this is not like a recent development. Like she was like, oh, I got to sign a book deal. I got to write this shit out. No, this is what he has been told his entire life. Yikes. Uh, so, yeah. So Kanye means the only one. Omari translates to God the highest. Uh, and that's why Donda loved the name. But Ray liked the name because it meant that his son's initials would be K.O. And he really liked boxing. Honestly, though, that's pretty fucking rad. Like, yeah. Uh, uh, K.O. as initials. That's pretty cool. Oh, yeah. I like that. So Donda believed that her son was born to be somebody, and Ray kind of only saw his child as a roadblock for his career. Uh, by the time Kanye was six months old, his parents were officially separated, and the divorce was finalized shortly after. 
Kanye would spend his childhood summers with his father in Atlanta, but by his dad's own account, their relationship was always strained. Hmm. Although his dad also says that there wasn't a phone call that didn't end with them saying, I love you. So it's this, like, I think that he does like his dad. And he also talks really highly of his dad. Again, Kanye West compared himself to both Will Smith and Will Smith's son in uh, a line where he goes, uh, me and my dad were like Will Smith and his son in the movies. I'm not talking about the rich one. Uh, because his, he didn't know what his dad would do for Doe, but he would send his son to school with a new wardrobe. Um, so, like, he, he does care for his father, but by his father's own words, their relationship was strained. Right, and his uh, father's still alive? I believe so, okay. although I do not know. There's, there is, he kind of stays out of the limelight a lot. I mean, uh, wouldn't you? Yeah. <laughs> like, I understand. <laughs> Uh, but the most important thing to take away from this part of our story is how much Donda West believes in her son. And in her memoir, which, by the way, is almost entirely about being the mother to Kanye West. Yikes. Uh, she opens the book by talking about the first time she realized her son was special. And it's not when he started making music or performing or anything like notable. It was when he was seven months old and he was sucking on his index finger and middle finger like a like a pacifier and a woman called him cute. That is it. That is the end of the story. She says that a woman called her son cute and then she looked into her son's eyes and saw that he was an old soul. But also in the same paragraph, she talks about how Kanye sucked on his index finger and middle finger like a pacifier until he was eight years old. I fucking Googled that shit. You're supposed to stop when you're three, my guy. Well, yeah. Well, mainly because it can ruin your teeth. Which it did. Yeah, 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 for sure. <laughs> That's what, one of my favorite parts of Genius is that a lot of it takes place when he has braces or a retainer. And there's one scene where he has uh, uh, Scarface, this like legendary rapper who he's trying to get to do the hook for Jesus Walks, one of his biggest and first singles. Uh, and he takes out his retainer and puts it on the table and Scarface goes, the fuck is that? And he's like, that's my retainer. And Scarface is like, get that shit off the table, man. That shit was in your mouth and shit. That's fucking gross, dog. Uh, I forced my husband to watch uh, old episodes of Room Raiders because he had never <laughs> seen them before. An excellent TV show. And one of the guys had left his retainer out and the girl sniffed it. <laughs> it was like oh a whole thing. God. Uh, but, oh, <sighs> yeah. Well, and, and correct me if I am wrong. Um around that prior to jesus walks kind of more in the through the wire period he injured his teeth and jaw yeah he did and we will get into okay. that but this like even before then he had braces and a retainer and like has uh, <laughs> he's always had this thing with his teeth and i think that it's because again he sucked on his fingers until he was eight a little oral fixation there yeah Oh, yeah. And the point of all of this is that Kanye uh, has always been hyped up by his mother. She treats him like he's better than everyone else. And she's the earliest person that instills this kind of God complex in him. Uh, and my favorite part is that if you asked her to describe her son, she would use one word, humble. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'll be honest with you. You could use a lot of words to, to describe Kanye West. That would never be one of them. And no. like just it it wouldn't be now I, i'm not saying that's always the case but currently that would never be a word i would use to describe 
again, I, at watching Genius, which is like it's it's a it's it's a lot about him being this like broke dude trying to make it work in the industry, and even then, not humble at all. Mm-hmm. I would never describe Kanye as humble. Uh, so after Kanye's parents split up, he and his mother moved to Chicago, which is the city that Kanye would claim as his home for the rest of his life. Uh, according to Donda, by the time he was enrolled in kindergarten, it was clear that Kanye was academically and artistically gifted. And this part is actually true. Kanye has always been a pretty decent artist. Um, when he was five years old, he was drawing full-on portraits of people, while kids twice his age were still drawing like stick figures. Um, but the problem is, is that even at five years old, he thought that he was better than the other kids. Mm. His teachers described him as gifted, but in dire need of better social skills. Uh, apparently, as a kindergartner, he was already, and this is a direct quote, quote, slightly self-absorbed and unable to work well with others. Well, I mean, you got to look at all the stuff going into it. I mean, first of all, he doesn't have any siblings, which is, th- that is a thing. Because, like, when you grow up with other kids around you in the house, you have to learn how to share. You have to learn to be mm-hmm. part of a system. It's kind of like, it's one of those things that gets kind of baked in when you have siblings. That doesn't mean that people who don't have siblings can't develop those skills. But it means that you kind of have to seek out opportunities for those kind of interactions. And if you don't get them... That can be a problem. But then also add that to the mix. A mom who's literally practically telling him he's God. (laughs) Yeah. And uh, he would basically like, he's the type of kid that would like, he would insist even at five years old that he was right and you were wrong. Like he would do this shit. uh, This is again from Donda. He would draw purple bananas and blue oranges. um, And that was like him thinking outside the box about like what what like what could reality be um which it like purple bananas sure i get it but literally like they're called oranges my guy it's it, it is in the name dude. <laughs> oh that's true that is true um although i mean i that's one of those things where i'm like kids do weird shit <laughs> but yeah like but to insist that bananas are not yellow my first my first inkling would be to have his eyes checked. But that's just yeah. me. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you think that's fucking great, uh one time his aunt took him on a trip to a lake uh where Kanye became irrationally upset because quote the ducks were quacking the wrong way. Well, well, okay. How he's like 5? He uh yeah, he's like 5, 6, maybe 7. So in, in isolation, just on its own, uh, that's not super weird to me, but only because one of my favorite threads on Twitter and Reddit are people posting pictures of their crying children with the reason that they're crying. And it's always crazy shit <laughs> where it's like, it's like, okay, yeah. so-and-so found out their chicken nuggets are dead and they're just like crying or like, so-and-so is mad that ketchup tastes like tomatoes. <laughs> like, like just things that like they're, they're a child and they're probably just tired or need a nap or something. And this is what comes out of them. And you're like, I don't know how to tell you that like, as a, as a person, you kind of just have to like, Except that things are the way they are in some of these cases that involve the laws of physics. 
Yeah, one of my favorite, one of my favorite uh, videos is like a dad posted it on Reddit or something, and his kid is crying because she wanted to close the door, and he was like, "Okay, then open the door and close it." And she's like, "It's not the same. It's too late now. <laughs> it's fucking it's so dumb." Uh, but rather than listen to her son's teachers, Donda believed that it was the school that was failing, uh, and not just that her son was bad at socializing. Um, so Whoa. by the time, okay, all right, <laughs> yeah. So by the time Kanye was seven, she decided to enroll him at the Vanderpool's Magnet School, which, despite my understanding, um, is not a school for magnets. Uh, or the study of magnets, because I mean, like, how do they work? <laughs> Fucking Paige? magnets. How do they work? <laughs> the what even is polarity? Oh, man. Uh, in case you're like me and you're a fucking idiot, uh, a magnet school is a school with a special focus, usually in STEM, performing or arts, arts, or some yeah. some form of like gifted education program. Uh, and here's the thing. I can already hear parents of weird fucking kids getting mad at me for implying that Kanye was the issue because parents love to think that their children are special little angels. Um, I was one of those kids. Same. Right? <laughs> the, yeah. That's how you make a podcaster. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When I was in kindergarten, I used to get in trouble uh, because I would try to distract the other children or one day and this is this is like the big one one day my teacher my kindergarten teacher found me in the back of the classrooms and i was just snapping crayons and dropping them into a trash can uh and they called my mom into a meeting and everyone in that meeting was like well clearly armando is bored and not being pushed by the curriculum to achieve his fullest potential but like I remember that now, and I swear to God, it was because I liked the noise that they make when, when you they snap, snap them in half. That was it. And then they put me in this fucking gate program where I had to, like, learn PowerPoint and shit as a kindergartner and, like, l- like do extra schooling. And I was like, all right, message received. You are punishing me because I liked the sound of crayon snapping, and I will never do it again. <laughs> uh, for For me... Now, here's here's the flip side on mine, because my mom is a teacher. And mm-hmm. so she very quickly was like, no, my kid is part of the problem, but she's also weird. Like, so but why? So I was actually tested for learning disabilities and ADHD uh, when I was younger. Um, and at the time, the testing was not as comprehensive as it is today, because like, they they only they didn't know as much about ADHD back then as they do now and so often girls would go undiagnosed because it presents differently in different people mm-hmm. and so after the test they were like no it turns out she's just gifted and eccentric <laughs> and so like <laughs> that just kind of became the narrative forever until i got to college and was like i can't function uh and now as an adult now that we know so much more i have a lot of like things and methods and stuff that i can put in place to keep my life more orderly and that's great but like as a kid sometimes kids are just weird you know yeah and and that's the other thing is like yeah i i i I also have like add and adhd like it, it and it's very present in like some of this in the ways that i like live my life uh, they tried to give me medication for it, and it, like, ruined me, uh, so I just stopped taking it. Like, with I told my mom that I wasn't going to take it anymore, and she was like, yeah, that's fine. But, like, yeah, sometimes kids are just weird. Sometimes, the, you know, they just got to... 
it's why i have a caffeine problem and and have had one since i was 12 or 13 yeah yeah i i guess my point is like yeah sometimes kids need the benefit of the doubt but also not every weird kid is a genius all right i'm not a genius you're not like a, a genius kanye is not a genius with a y and a j i mean it's it's, it's fine and and that yeah. doesn't mean you're not like smart or incredibly talented in the things that you pursue it's it has just nothing like to do with that yeah exactly that's that is my only point so the move to a magnet school convinced a young kanye that he was indeed destined to be a star and the birth of his career in entertainment began in the second grade. He started writing poetry and then performing it at the school's yearly talent show. Um, now, if you've ever had a cool English teacher who tries to relate to their students, you've probably heard something like, Shakespeare was like the OG Eminem, which is, uh, I shit you not, a phrase I have heard time and time again from different liberal arts fucking English teachers that I had in my school. That has never been said to me once. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. But I still talk to my 12th grade English teacher. So there I had an English teacher in, in middle school that changed my life, but the rest of them were just these people who like were looking at a sea of brown faces and being like, English is like rap. And we're like, uh, my mom listens to, you know, alternative rock and Radiohead. You racist, <laughs> you fucking idiot. Hey, dude, this is the like East Orange County. It's all ska. <laughs> it's all ska, my dude. So it's, it is true that rap is a modified version of poetry. Uh, but when I say Kanye wrote, wrote poetry, I mean that he wrote actual poems. And this is a side project that he would keep up for the rest of his life. In fact, in May of this year, Kanye released a poem called Divorce, where he compares the feeling of getting divorced to terrible things. And I'm not going to read the entire poem, but Damn I do it. have some of my favorite lines. Great. I can't wait. So here's how it opens up. Divorce feels like full-blown COVID. Divorce feels like the doctors don't know shit. And this is a strong start by a man who once called the COVID vaccine, quote, the mark of the beast. <laughs> I was going to say, I was like, you know what? He kind of has a point where it's like. The, this thing that is catching and you never know what it's going to hit you and no one can explain why it happens. It just happens because, you know, people don't communicate. People aren't supposed to get, be together. But then I forgot about the whole Mark of the Beast yeah. thing. <laughs> so. Yeah, you forgot about You're like, yeah, divorce is kind of like COVID. And then his next sentence is, COVID is a lie. And you're like, oh, okay. <laughs> like, oh, okay. right. Okay. Thank you, buddy. Forgot uh, this about one's, that. This one's just quick and simple. Divorce feels like getting beat up at the mall. Um, that one I, I like. I just like a lot. Divorce feels like the floor in front of a Wetzel's pretzels, slightly salty <laughs> with the taste of rubber. Yeah. Divorce feels like the first play of the Super Bowl in your ankle rolls. Okay. All right. Yeah. Some of these Div work. Some of them don't. <laughs> divorce, divorce feels like you worked overtime all week and you ain't allowed off for the weekend. Ooh. That's, that one, yeah. That's real. That hits home. Yeah. That okay. one's getting snaps. Oh, how about yeah, this yeah. next one? Okay. Divorce feels like Michael Myers. Which one? <laughs> <laughs> that, is, that, that was my first fucking thought. I don't Div know if you know, but <laughs> the love guru is the mark of the beast. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, so the thing that fucks me up is like, I know that he probably means the killer, Michael Myers. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But as but soon what as I if read, he doesn't though? <laughs> 
As soon as I read Divorce Feels Like Michael Myers, I remembered how awkward Michael Myers looked standing next to him when he went, George Bush doesn't care about black people. I forgot that that, oh my God. I forgot that that was Michael Myers in that. Maybe he does mean Mike Myers. Where it's it's like divorce is, is the person who doesn't understand you and is embarrassed of you. <laughs> oh, man. Holy shit. Okay. Wow. He, he ends the poem with the lines, quote, You're a vegetable. You're a vegetable. You're the real Cosby, not a Huxtable. Okay. Now, okay, 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 though. But the you're a vegetable, you're a vegetable is a reference to Michael Jackson. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. He starts that first by saying Michael Jackson said it best. Oh, you're a vegetable. You're a vegetable. Do they hate you? You're a vegetable. Yeah. yeah but uh, and then he ends it by saying you're the real Cosby, not a Huxtable. Not a Huxtable. Um, Which, ooh, okay, but that's you're a villain, not the face of positivity. Mm-hmm. That I mean, here's here's what's terrible. Here's what is fucking terrible, terrible about Kanye, because I don't like supporting his God complex and the narrative that he is better than everyone else on earth, especially because he has said some horrifically terrible things. But the man does have a way with words at times that is poignant in a way. And that's what's so, it is frustrating when truly talented people are also bad people. Like, Oh, that is so frustrating to me. A lot of yeah, time. it's it, this. I I should have said this earlier. This fucking sucks for me because I loved Kanye. I loved Kanye so much, and uh, it it's been like a years long thing where he'll do something terrible, and you're like, yeah, but that's just Kanye. And then it's like, well, first first he came, first he came for Taylor Swift, and I did nothing. For and I, I was didn't. Not for I was Swift. not Taylor Swift. <laughs> And then, you know, it just keeps going and you're like, oh, fucking Jesus Christ, I can't support this guy. Yeah. And it sucks because like he's he's and we will definitely talk about it later. But like he has it's undoubtable the influence that he's had on every world that he's been a part of. But he's also just such a shitty guy and refuses to sort of see the things that make him shitty and work on himself in those ways. Mm. So it's, yeah, but you're right. I mean, like, some of those lines are fucking... The the COVID line is weird. Uh, The Michael Myers line and the getting beat up in the mall, they're funny. But then the other ones are like, that's... That, that's real shit like and, yeah. the, and the the poem at large is pretty good like it's not it's not all goofy and weird but it's yeah you're completely right it sucks that you're like wow this guy kind of sucks but like damn i do father I stretch mean, my hands is pretty good i mean imagine okay imagine imagine if he had not been built up into this god complex right mm-hmm. um that he was a, a much more down to earth guy that didn't hate the Jews. Uh, just imagine, best case scenario. Mm-hmm. How much more interesting would some of his lyrics and work be with that measure of moderation? Because for every, for some of these lyrics that really do hit home, you're like, that connects with something on a very personal level. But then Kanye also in songs will say, crazy shit yeah. uh, because it's he's so full of himself and so it's kind of like what would that be like without the crazy shit where it would just be the impactful shit i truly and honestly feel like 
one I, well okay one i don't think we would have kanye west like kanye west if he didn't have a god complex because it is that That's is fair. truly a lot of like what makes him him but if you do want to hear a more down-to-earth kanye west listen to his early like the college dropout I is fucking his early stuff. phenomenal it's great because for that reason because he's not a superstar he's like trying to put on that image but that's not him yet so he's not saying the wildest shit he's just being kanye right so yeah when 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 kanye was 10 years old his mother received an opportunity to teach abroad at the nanjing university as a, a visiting english professor Ooh. so dr donda and her son packed up and moved to china where kanye's problems with social skills would really be put to the test well yeah because I'm guessing he doesn't speak Mandarin or Cantonese or any of the other dialects that would be potentially required of him. He does not. Uh, he does not. And you know what else he has is a uh, inherent distaste for authority figures, which is not like the super deal in China. <laughs> Um, to be I fair, mean, it's not the super deal a lot of places, but I do think America lets it fly more than most places. Yeah, yeah. And again, it should be the super deal in China and it's starting to be, but like this is the fucking 80s, I guess. So mm -hmm. like not necessarily uh, the thing to do. Um, in her memoir, Donda recalls the, f the first time or I guess the biggest time that Kanye got in trouble uh, and it, it's over the one thing you might expect Kanye to get in trouble over, fashion. During the winter months, students in China were allowed to wear gloves, but for some weird reason, all of these gloves were required to be fingerless gloves. Why? I, I truly, like, I don't if know. If you're listening I, in China and you know, can you please tell us? Because I'm confused. Yeah. The only thing I could think of is, like, if you ever have to, like, join a motorcycle gang or, like, hop into the octagon real quick. Or dress like George Michael. Yeah. I mean, like. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. Mm, okay. Never mind. I get it. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, I, 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 I also don't understand why they have this rule. But when a teacher attempted to take Kanye's gloves away, he yelled at her and then kicked her. Oh, shit. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. They, uh. They did not like that. Additionally, because Chinese schools uh, teach with higher standards, and obviously, again, because of the language barrier, Kanye was placed into the third grade, despite being an American fifth grader. Um, oh, shit. But again, Dr. Donda decided that the school was the one to blame, and so she pulled Kanye out and chose to homeschool him for the rest of their year in China. I'm. This sounds terrible. That's probably for the best. <laughs> like, yeah. normally, like, for the, a lot of these other parenting decisions, I'm like, oh, no, that's a bad idea. But this one, I'm like, no, I get it. And that's probably your best option. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Uh, he also, like, th the other thing is, while he was in uh, the third grade in China, I mean, their curriculum was basically that of American fifth grade. And he... Um, he had tutors that were helping him stay up to date with like American fifth grade education for anything that he wouldn't be learning in those right. classes. Mm -hmm. uh, so it, while you're right, I think it is a good move. Uh, it's also, it's knowing that Kanye West was at some point a homeschool kid makes a lot of sense. So much sense. So much. I'm, uh, this sounds terrible. I'm surprised that didn't happen sooner. Yeah. Given the other, choices she has made parenting wise and the other clashes she has had with school 
it does not like it doesn't surprise me that homeschool enters into the chat at some point. I'm surprised that it did not enter into the chat at the point that he like went to the magnet, you know, and stuff. And then if you told me that after a certain point, Kanye was homeschooled forever, I'd be like, yeah, of course he was. Absolutely. (laughs) That fits in exactly with everything. (laughs) But yeah. Although their time in China wasn't all bad, uh, at one point, Donda realized that her son always had extra money to buy snacks and toys. And when she questioned Kanye about this, he revealed that he had started up his first business. Uh, He would break dance and then charge Chinese people money to watch. That's awesome. (laughs) That's what we call being an entrepreneur. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. And again, it sounds like it kind of sounds goofy and dumb. But again, he had enough money that his mom noticed that he had money, which is awesome. I mean, here's the thing. I feel like it's not safe maybe for someone that young to be busking. But at the same time, I'm like, well, he's working hard for money. Like it's a job like that's, you know, I like, yeah, I guess. So when Kanye and his mom moved back to Chicago in 1988, uh, which is when he was about 11 years old, uh, this is when Kanye became obsessed with his first passion, but it wasn't music or fashion. Kanye wanted to become a video game developer. Uh, He started learning how to code, and it only took him a year to develop his first game, a Mario knockoff that was only described as being, quote, overtly sexual. (laughs) Well, 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 not to play devil's advocate. I feel like I'm playing devil's advocate on this episode a lot, and that is not Mm -hmm. my intention. Uh, Mario does jump through a lot of tubes and and go into a bunch of holes. Mario is a master of the pipe, and he's always trying to get that peach, baby. Yeah, all yeah, right? yeah, yeah. And yeah. he is a huge cuckold already, off Absolutely, the bat. Absolutely, yes. Yeah. So <laughs> He watches Luigi lay that pipe down, 100%. Oh, yeah. And this Okay. This is maybe the appropriate time to bring up that Kanye has uh, always had a strange fascination with pornography, um, bordering on a straight-up porn addiction. Uh, in his late 20s, or mid-20s, I guess, other rappers would mention how if you worked with Ye, you just had to be okay with him putting up videos of hardcore sex on every TV in his studio. <laughs> Holy shit. That would be overwhelming at a certain point. Yeah. <laughs> well, it'd be yeah. desensitizing at a certain... Eventually, you would it would stop being titillating, and you would just be like, I've seen this one. <laughs> In 2007, there was a running joke among Kanye's friends about his, quote, tour girlfriend, uh, and they were referencing a giant black trash bag full of porno mags that he kept on his tour bus. And he even mentioned the bag on his Can't Tell Me uh, Nothing mixtape with this line, quote, won a few awards, then we went on tour, and yup, in my bag, a whole bag of porn. Wow. Okay. Jeez. In the documentary series Genius, there is a scene that was filmed on the day Kanye first appears in the legendary hip hop magazine Double XL. He and his friends walk to a magazine stand, but instead of buying an issue of Double XL, he uses what little money he has left to buy the latest edition of Hustler magazine. (laughs) He doesn't even buy the magazine he's in? 
I'm assuming that he got a copy at some point, mm, but like, okay, yeah, okay. that is, they did go there and they do clown on him for buying pornography, and he also shows it off to them because he is he is proud that he has this pornography. Um, what does Donda have to say about this? <laughs> she's. Uh, we'll get into it a little bit. Uh, okay. As time went on, his addiction became less eccentric and silly, and became a real problem. Uh, earlier this year, during a meeting with Adidas executives, Kanye wanted to explain how their mistreatment of his IP made him feel. The only way that he he could express these feelings was to pull out his phone and force them to watch cuckold porn. I have there's a video of this that I yes. have seen. Yes. Yeah. Wow. His point was that the man in the video cheated on his wife so that uh, his wife did the one thing that would hurt him the most. She recorded herself fucking his best friend. Also, worth mentioning that this is a completely like, this is not like a real scene that like, <laughs> it's 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 porn. It's made up. It's yeah, a, it's a, yeah, it's actors. Yeah, it's a fabricated thing. He, he ended that meeting by screaming, quote, I'm the king of culture. Our army is so prepared. This is a different level of nuclear activity that no one will recover from. Okay, so that those that oh, those are the words of someone who is having a mental health crisis. Absolutely. Which is another thing that like we will get into later in this series is that like he is not doing very well. Uh he also claims that his porn addiction is the reason that he and Kim Kardashian got divorced. Um, but if you asked Kim Kardashian, she'd probably tell you that it was because for years Kanye did whatever he wanted without any consideration for his family and their feelings and refused to get any help when he was showing signs of mental health crisis. Um, my point I is... Here's the thing, though. I'm sure being married to a Kardashian is also not the best situation no, no and i think no. that'll play into that later probably yeah yeah my my point is here is that kanye definitely has his demons uh the issue is that he uses those demons to feel persecuted and never actually acknowledges his own shortcomings or tries to get better and that is going to come into play time and time again throughout the story um anyway a 12 year old kanye west makes a horny mario and everyone is uncomfortable hilarious uh, but he also realizes that there is a specific part of video game design that speaks to him, the music. So uh, in the 80s and 90s, just like everyone in Chicago at that time, uh, Kanye loved hip hop. So naturally, once he becomes interested in music, he knew that he was going to become a rapper. When he was about 13 years old, he and his friends started their own rap group called The Go-Getters, and they spent weeks working on beats and lyrics before writing their first song. It was called Green Eggs and Ham, uh, and it was it was based on the Dr. Seuss uh, story, and I know you're going to think I'm joking, but it was only described as being, quote, overtly sexual. <laughs> terrible that my when you said green eggs and ham my brain went would you eat this pussy on a train would you eat it on a plane would you eat it here or there i would not eat it anywhere like that's where my brain went so when you were like overtly sexual i was like yeah sounds about right <laughs> oh man oh so <laughs> kanye borrowed 25 dollars from his mom 
and had her drive him and his friends to a basement studio in the city so that he and his friends could record the song. Uh, And while she was deeply uncomfortable with the subject matter, she was impressed with Kanye's drive. Now, uh, here's another weird thing about Kanye's story. In the documentary series Genius, there is a scene where uh, Kanye describes being a broke 20-something trying desperately to make a living as a rapper. And for context, uh, in this scene, he's upset that people are making fun of him for not being a thug or a drug dealer, which at the time is what uh, most rappers were talking about. You have to realize that like... When Kanye was coming out with 808s and Heartbreak, that album came out the same time as Young Jeezy's... Uh, uh, um, Young Jeezy! Uh, Recession, I think, is the hey, album. The one with the... Yo, we trap all day, play all night. This is the life of a... The life of a... Go get a... Go oh, get... That song fucking slaps. That song I don't, slaps. I don't think that's on this album, but it is the mm. song... They actually do have a song together. It's, it's really interesting. If you want to hear the difference in what Kanye was doing to what the industry was doing... Uh, you can listen to off of 808s and Heartbreak, Amazing, which mm. has Young Jeezy on it, and it's a very Kanye song. Uh, and then you can also listen to Put On from Jeezy's album that also has Kanye West on it. And it's like, these are two wildly different sides of hip hop, and they really yeah. like show what was going on. So that's in the scene, that's what he's talking about. He's a, he's mad at this. And Kanye insists that people have it all wrong. He says that he grew up in the ghetto of Chicago. He says that he didn't have a silver spoon in his mouth and that he worked hard for every opportunity he was given. He even goes so far as to imply that other rappers and sometimes other black people have a quote, 40 acres and a mule complex insinuating that they feel like they're owed reparations and that they don't need to work for what they they have and he has a very like I that's pulled a limited understanding up. of reparations i think oh yeah he also he's i mean he's saying this by like he's saying like i think he literally uses a phrase like pull yourself up by your bootstraps and he's oh, it's geez. like my guy, while it is true that Kanye worked very hard to get to where he is now uh, and that his family wasn't necessarily rich, it is completely inaccurate to say that he didn't get any help because his mother, Donda West, supported him throughout the entirety of his life. Uh, during this scene in the documentary, what Kanye doesn't mention is that Donda was paying his rent. He also never mentions that she sent him money every month that he usually spent on clothes, jewelry, and tons of so many porno mags yeah uh he also seems to forget the money that she poured into his career over the years she was the one who bought him his first keyboard uh his first sampler and even gave him one thousand dollars cash for christmas when he was 14 years old uh and that's a thousand dollars in 1991 like it's to a 14-year-old that is a fortune I'm trying to think of what I would have bought at 14 with a thousand dollars, and it's all kinds of uh, definitely an electric guitar, uh, oh, yeah. wild shit. <laughs> oh, yeah, that would have been crazy. <laughs> I remember one year for Christmas, my dad gave me like 20 bucks, and I was like, That's I'm a millionaire, I'm yeah. it. Oh I my god, I never need to do anything again. I buy a this whole pizza amazing. with this. <laughs> Uh, in her memoir, Donda said it well, quote, I was able to give Kanye most everything he wanted, but Donda's friend Linda may have put it best in the same memoir when she said, quote, Kanye was a spoiled snot nosed kid who would grow up to be trouble. 
Well, I mean, hey, yeah, kind of. I mean, it, as a parent, you have to kind of help shape the person, the person you're raising is going to be, you know, and and there are a lot of different ways to do that. And there's a lot of complexity to that. But uh, there seems to be a pattern of permissiveness that is not going to pay off well because it's not indicative of how the rest of the world works. It's not a realistic scenario. She also like she regularly tells Kanye that like to think outside the box that uh, the things that he's doing are good. That there's there's one scene in uh, Genius where like he goes to visit his mom and um, they're they're talking and she's like talking about reading this interview that he was in and like that he comes off arrogant and he says like oh so you think I like I come off too arrogant and she was like no 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 because the things you're saying they're true uh, oh no yeah. <laughs> oh jeez the way she tries to mitigate it is she says uh, when the giant looks in the mirror he sees nothing uh, and what she's trying to tell her son is there is a way to be so so knowledgeable that you are above everyone that you can be up in the clouds but you also need to be humble enough to have your feet planted firmly on the ground so when a giant looks in the mirror he sees nothing because he's so far above it he's got his head in the clouds but he also has his feet firmly planted on the ground that is what she's trying to say I guess but but I also think that there is and I feel like this is a tough lesson to learn and I feel like people learn it as they go out into the world and and I feel like I started to learn it in my 20s like it was one of those things that became a super hard lesson to learn but a a valuable one of like sometimes people's perception is maybe not reality but it needs to be taken into account when you are planning your actions and you know even if someone's perception is wrong or inaccurate you still have to account for that and communicate with people about it. Like the whole idea of perception becomes reality. That is very true because like it doesn't necessarily mean that people are right, but that's what they believe and you have to account for it. And so this idea of like, well, I'm just going to be me doesn't matter. Nobody's opinion matters. None of this matters. A, it removes you from the ability to truly consider your actions from a critical way and potentially learn and grow from them but also it removes the lens of is is the point I want to make and are the things that I'm wanting to doing and wanting to do is that truly getting across or is this clear to me and unclear to others and I think especially as an artist that's a very important lesson to learn of like, I am trying to express a thing. Is it effective? Is is my expression effective? And I think that's part of what he's missing in the idea of just, well, you're above people. Yeah. You know? I think when she explains it, it's a very um it's a very interesting idea that like you can be arrogant as long as you know that you are yourself the same as everybody. You have to be grounded and have your head in the in the clouds. And not necessarily arrogant, but like believe in yourself while also being humble. The problem right. is is that she's saying that to Kanye West. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> 
and also again this is this is like a side separate thing it's really hard to uh feel bad for a broke kanye west when like he he's talking about like not having things there's this great scene uh later and and this will this will come into play more in part two but like there's this great scene where they the documentary guy goes into his fridge and shows that the only things that he has in his fridge are uh, a leftover case of peas, uh, a bottle of alcohol that I've never heard of, and a jar of mayonnaise. Oh my god. <laughs> and they're like, yeah, okay, that's the bachelor pad lifestyle, baby. Yeah, yeah. But like, yeah, he's talking about being broke and... um he like rents expensive cars he buys expensive clothes he like he always has on multiple chains it's this weird thing where he's like trying to push forward this illusion that he's like already successful so that other people will see him as successful and want to fuck with him which is just something that you know keeping up with the joneses that's like everybody deals with it but it's also it's just harder for me to relate to, to to take it seriously as like we you and i have struggled we know people who have struggled and it's like yeah if you're struggling and renting a lexus i don't think i can feel bad for you that's i i had a, a co-worker for a while who had a higher paying job and lost it and then ended up working with us in retail um but would buy 20 30 bottle 20 30 dollar bottles of wine every night Jesus. and then was just like i don't know if i can make my rent this month and i was like Hey girl, you know Tupac Chuck exists, but also not drinking wine exists. <laughs> like, yeah. like you have a lot of options to save money here, I guess. Um, but I, I also think that like it for every person who gets into any sort of performing art, there is a period of having to justify your presence, and I think that that's what he's trying to do. And and I know that there are a lot of people that do it in that same way of like fake it till you make it a hundred percent. But the problem is that like if you never do the work on the other side, it will always be fake. Yeah, and that's true. And again, Kanye does do a lot of work, and yeah, I don't want to diminish how hard he works. And that's something that we'll get into next time. But uh, to finish this up, money wasn't the only way that Donda helped Kanye. When her son expressed interest in learning how to produce beats, she purposefully struck up a friendship with one of her co-workers at the Chicago State University. This co-worker was the mother of legendary hip-hop producer No ID. Uh, and it took some convincing, but the beatmaker eventually invited Kanye to his studio. Now, at the time... Kanye was 14 and only had one song, which was a very sexual retelling no, of Green Eggs and overtly Ham. Overtly <laughs> sexual Green Eggs and Ham. But that did not stop him from being insanely overconfident. In fact, back then, No ID was working on the debut album of future rap legend Common. Like, you know Common, oh, right? Oh, yeah. Well, and early, early Kanye does a song with Common called The Food that I, like, yeah. love. But... Yes, Common's huge, especially in Chicago. Like, Absolutely. holy shit. On his first day in the studio, Kanye challenged Common to a freestyle battle. <laughs> I assume he lost. He very much did. But he. the thing is, is like, it was annoying a little bit, but like in a charming way, it was also kind of cute. Uh, and so this like group of 20 year old rappers and producers who would later go on to become like the biggest names in hip hop. Uh, they let Kanye hang out and learn the craft. 
No ID would become Kanye's first mentor and even taught him how to sample music, which is, if you know Kanye, that's fucking huge. That's his whole thing, yeah. He was also the one who would teach Kanye how to speed up samples to give them a unique sound. What no one would have guessed is that this 14-year-old kid would take these simple tips and tricks and use them to change the landscape of hip-hop forever. This hungry cat from Chicago would grow up and go on to change rap. And that is where we will pick up next week with part two of our series on Kanye West. Yay! Um, This is, first of all... I think I have to go get some pastrami. I can smell my husband cooking. <laughs> so maybe I'll have to do it tomorrow. But um, this is fascinating and explains so much. Yeah. So thank you. Um, and and when you mentioned that song on 808s and Heartbreak that he has Jeezy on, I kind of thought for a second, I was like, rap was never really the same after 808s and Heartbreak. Like in a very real way. Yeah. Like, and it's it's interesting to see that that is it's its own style now like it is a huge deal so anyway i'm excited to hear next week uh and i feel it's so tough talking about someone who is talented but is also not great um yeah the way that i try to treat it is like i guess kind of like yellow deli where it's like if you just did sandwiches my guy i would be so invested i was talking to jake about this the other day because uh the the cult leader of the the original leader of 12 tribes has passed away and i think other people have stepped into his position but there's a part of me that's like what if someday it is just a restaurant (laughs) (laughs) i can hope like fingers crossed yeah but you are you are completely correct and i'll try to like include some of that next week where like Every time Kanye does something, like when he starts making beats, that changes the landscape of hip hop. When when he releases uh, some of his albums, like 808s and Heartbreak paved the way for like Kid Cudi, who makes his debut on that, like his major debut on that. It also like paved the way for people like Drake. Um, when he, he gets into this way where he, whenever he releases an album, it changes mainstream hip hop in this way that like, Kanye will take influence from what people are doing in a very broad sense, sort of like high fashion. Like he'll take these concepts and then he knows exactly how to morph them and market them and then put them out like the rest of fashion would do. Cause that's the thing with high fashion, right? Is you go to a fashion show, people are wearing these ridiculous things and you're like, what the fuck? No one would ever wear that. It's because they're art pieces. They're like, right. they're not meant to be worn. They're meant to like explain the concepts. Like, uh, a while ago, there was like, and I mean like two years ago or something, there was this big fashion uh, show where people were basically wearing like Jeanco jeans turned up to a thousand. Like they were like oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. huge parachute pants. And everyone was like, dude, what the fuck is fashion on? And I was reading this article about like, it's it's a statement by this person to say that the era of skinny jeans is over. And like now look at it where like, yeah, most people wear loose fitting jeans again. Like the 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 fitted jean is kind of done and what's coming back is a sort of roomier jean fit in fashion. I fucking hate it. I fucking hate it. <laughs> Skinny I mean, jeans were my era, man. Leggings. Because I'm too short to wear wide leg pants and have it not look goofy as hell. <laughs> You could just wear what you want. I've gone back fully to just wearing workwear and like Dickie's pants and shit. 
and I absolutely love it. I hiccup there in the middle, but yeah, you are correct. Every time Kanye releases something, it really changes how hip hop goes. And I'm both excited and really upset <laughs> to like cover all of the cool shit that he did that I now feel like when I listen to it, first of all, like when it comes on, I usually skip it because I just feel bummed out. Like I don't want to yeah. listen to this fucker anymore. But yes, that is part one of our series on Kanye West. Uh, and hey, guess what? If you want to find me on the internet, you can. I'm very easy to find. It's uh, at Mondo Does Stuff on all social media that's twitter tiktok instagram all that shit uh m-a-n-d-o does stuff if you are in los angeles uh on wednesday thanksgiving eve i will be at the west side comedy theater doing a show there's more info on my instagram um and if you are doing nothing on thanksgiving like i will be uh, I'm going to be streaming. Uh, I think I'm going to start around noon. There will be more information also on Instagram and Twitter closer to that date. Um, but yeah, I'm just going to have a big stream for everyone who doesn't have plans. And we're just going to hang out and be together. And that's going to be a lot of fun. So anyway, Mondo does stuff. M-A-N-D-O does stuff. I love you so much. Uh, goodbye. Oh, also watch Trucked Up on Rooster Teeth. Uh, first episode should drop uh this coming week i don't remember which day on youtube but holy shit is that show fucking killer and it's the first show that i worked on not just in the in the front end but also in the back end that's right baby i get to decide what gets put in and cut out sometimes <laughs> a little bit not really they made me cut some stuff out that i'm mad about but it will see the light of day now because i have the files anyway thank there you, you. Go. goodbye good night and good luck Mwah. Hey, it's your girl, Paige. Uh, I am cooking this week. Don't talk to me. <laughs> I'm busy. Uh, and I will be traveling through a lot of December. So not a lot of shows for me until 2023, but I will update you when we get back to it. Uh, if you want to know when shows are coming back, uh, follow me on Instagram and TikTok at Rampage Wesley or on Twitter at Paige Wesley, or you can listen to me on Horror Virgin and Romancing the Pod. Obviously, those we'll keep posting every week as we normally do. Uh, and I love you so much, Mina. Bye. And hey, if you want to find us as a podcast on social media, you can. It's at Colt Podcast on Instagram. Or at Colt Podcast Show on Twitter. You can also send us an email to coltpodcastshow at gmail.com. And if you want to send us your overtly sexual Mario video game, Ooh. you could send that shit to 3756 West Avenue 40, Sweet K, number 237. Like, like the, Shining. the Shining, Los Angeles, California, 90065. And I think for this one, I'm going to say, don't drink out of a Yeezy. That would taste gross, especially <laughs> if a foot's been in it. Don't drink anything out of Kanye's fridge. It's just mayonnaise and alcohol. It's just mayonnaise and peas. Uh, <laughs> don't drink out of shoes in general. That's a bad idea. That's not Ugh. what they're for. Uh, and don't drink the Kool-Aid. Bye. Bye.